0: you can simulate what your map will look like, what the colors will look like for somebody who has different types of color blindness, And you can make sure that your color scheme that you're using will still be discernible for a larger map audience.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the team at Esri Australia. To get your hands on more short, sharp, and immediately usable resources, head to the Esri Australia website and search for Goldmine. Welcome to GIS Directions, I'm Wayne Lee Archer. And I'm
2: Tata And today, we're talking all things ArcGIS Pro
1: 3.0. Ready, steady, pro.
2: <laughs> Ready, steady, pro, let's go. Okay, to help us, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, the infamous Esri community commentator and ArcGIS Pro product manager, Corey Kramer is joining us today. Welcome, Corey. (laughs)
0: Hey, thank you. I'm really happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk about ArcGIS Pro 3.0. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's a lot of O's in there.
0: A lot of O's.
2: <laughs> a lot of O's, yeah. But I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to be jam-packed with a lot of Ws, so a lot of wins for our community.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so we all know that Arctis Pro has established itself as the desktop mapping standard. It's got great tools, great features and functions and capabilities. And with each new release, Esri making the move a lot easier for everybody.
0: Yeah, so by making the move, I, I sort of take that as talking about ArcMap users mm-hmm, making mm-hmm. the move to Pro, it's probably a good time to remember that ArcMap has entered extended support just as of this year. But more than anything, you know, we're here to talk about ArcGIS Pro 3.0. So hopefully today, we'll talk a little bit more about what that means for all of us who have already been using Pro for a number of years.
2: Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. All right, the main ArcGIS Pro 3.0 information categories that I've come across in my limited research and the top three things to know. First and foremost, the easiest and most tactical, that ArcGIS Pro 3.0 requires .NET 6 desktop runtime for 64. So you have to get that installed early to avoid slowdowns when you're ready to go ArcGIS Pro. Am I right? Yeah. Second thing, it's a breaking change release with considerations around backward compatibility to be made. And then finally, while ArcGIS Enterprise 11 is the companion release to ArcGIS Pro 3.0, 3.0 plays nicely with previous versions of Enterprise. So you can still move to 3.0, even if your organization isn't ready for Enterprise 11 yet. I think those are pretty good topics, I think. Um, we can expand on those. What do you think, Wayne?
1: I'm sitting here just dumbfounded about the release numbers. I mean, you know me, Tar, come on. I was
2: waiting for this question.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm just learning to count already. And what's with the version numbers, guys? What's going on here?
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say we didn't run out of numbers. Are you sure? (laughs) It just
1: sounds a bit weird.
0: Anybody who's using Pro today, they're on, hopefully, on 2.9 something, right? 2.9.3. It's not like we couldn't have gone to 2.10. That would have been a possibility, but um, we had a main driver and that was, we wanted to move to .NET 6, right? That's the latest long-term supported release version of .NET Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that really sets us up as well as anybody who develops on Pro, sets them up for a long future of being on the, the best platform for development, right? So it was important for us to move to the new .NET And in doing that, it opened up some opportunities for us to make some other changes that we've been waiting on that we weren't able to make until we moved to a major version. So real quickly, let me just make sure people understand that Pro uses a semantic versioning spec. So what some people might call a major release, like from 2.8 to Mm 2.9, that's a minor release. Anything from 2.0 to 2.9, is backwards compatible. You can go forwards and backwards, you can share documents and all of that. So that's kind of why it's important to note that this actually, the move to 3.0 means something. It actually is a breaking change release and that's the major change there. Breaking change release, that kind of scares me a little bit. What's so breaking about it?
2: Yeah, is there a cautionary tale here?
0: Well, I was gonna say, breaking change sounds scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. It does, right? Breaking, nobody wants their stuff to break. And so, you know, we have some kind of real straight talk and we wanna let people know what it means. Typically we would say to move from like 2.8 to 2.9, you know, our recommendation is almost always gonna be, yeah, move to the latest release. That's where you wanna be, right? We're being a little more uh, conservative with the 3.0 change. Number one, say utility networks, right? We want to make sure that everybody understands that the the current designated network management release is 2.9. And those users should not move to 3.0. They shouldn't Mm -hmm. move to 3.0 until there's another supported network management release. So that's just a quick example for utility network users. Another thing, though, again, we talked a little bit about breaking changes. What that means, it's a lot about backwards compatibility, right? So if somebody upgrades to 3.0 and they create new projects in the 3.0 format, or they bring their 2.x projects into 3.0 and save them, then they can't automatically just share those projects, those APRX files. They can't just give those to a 2.x user and expect that they'll open because they won't. Mm the document is in a different format. It's in JSON, not XML and a number of other things, right? There's a lot of things that changed with the .NET upgrade. And so it's not that it's impossible to collaborate. It's just that you would have to package your projects, right? If you're in 3.0, you create a project package that's going to contain 2.x content. And that's how you would have to kind of share with 2.x users. And so really the best recommendation we have is for users to really understand how they work with others in pro. Like if you're working as part of an organization and you collaborate with a lot of other pro users, our recommendation is that you're ready to move everybody to 3.0 at the same time so that you have that seamless experience.
2: Okay. That sounds really good. So new users, go ahead, jump straight into Octus Pro 3.0. For our people who've been on this ride since day one, so our existing pro users, What are the impacts of this change to 3.0?
0: You know, important changes with the API, people who develop add-ins. So if you've developed 2.x add-ins using the .NET Pro SDK, those add-ins will need to be converted and recompiled into 3.0. There's a conversion process, right? It's not hard. There are steps, there's guidance out there. There's a number of blogs and all of that to help. So it's very doable. Mm-hmm. But again, it's something that people will want to be aware of. Your .x add-ins aren't going to work in 3.0, and vice versa. You create something in 3.0, it's not going to work in 2x. So those are some of the considerations there. Again, we just want to make sure that organizations understand that the best move is going to be to move your users at the same time. Or if you're a very large organization, you have different user groups,
2: mm-hmm. that
0: at least the groups that work together Move them to 3.0 at the same time. You want to try to avoid having that mixed like 2.x users and 3.0 users in the same org.
2: Okay, final question Geoprocessing. Are there massive changes from 2 to 3?
0: Yeah, so there are some changes to consider moving from Pro 2.x to 3.0. Now, one of the fundamental changes at 3.0 is that there's a new toolbox format. called the ATBX, so it's kind of a new non-binary format. Now, the thing is, we introduced that in Pro 2.9, and that actually eases the transition. So Mm -hmm. the the format was always available in 2.9, it just wasn't the default. When we moved to 3.0, we made that the default, but what it means is that that transition is a bit more seamless. Now, some other geoprocessing things to consider, there are some deprecated geocoding tools. So we're going to have a blog and we have some 2.x to 3.0 migration tips. Oh, cool. Yeah. We're going to include that in the show notes. And it was really important to us. Um, We have to remember that it's been five years since there's been a major pro release, meaning a breaking change release. And the big difference between five years ago and today is that we have thousands and thousands of pro users who are doing 100% of their production work in Pro. It was important to us to make sure that we're really informing our pro users about what they need to know about, because now they're, they're really doing all of their work there.
2: Okay, the most exciting bit, what are the new features and functions in version 3.0?
0: All right. So even though it was a huge focus on the new .NET and getting that all stood up and running, we definitely included a lot of great new features and functionality in 3.0. The first thing people will notice is a totally redesigned start page. So there's a lot of nice functionality on that start page itself, like being able to search for your recent projects or templates, uh, sorting those we completely redesigned the learning resources page. So it has a lot more space. It's visually totally different than yeah. what you will have seen in 2.x. So those are kind of some, some things you'll notice coming right into 3.0. For those folks who uh, do do like say Python scripting and analysis, mm-hmm. we've got a new package manager with a totally redesigned environment manager. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you can manage your clones, you can update those so they're not going to, break when you upgrade your uh, <laughs> pro versions. I, I know we've had complaints about that in the past. So that will make that a lot easier. One of the things that I just I absolutely know people will really like is in geoprocessing tools, if you have a definition query set on a layer or a time filter, range filter, or a selection, or any of those things together, mm-hmm. when you run your geoprocessing tool, when you set it up, it's going to tell you how many records it's going to process. So, gone are the days of wow. running a tool and thinking, oops, <laughs> why did it only do this thing on five records? And, and then you go and you have to figure out what happened. So, that is something that I know people are going to love. It's going to keep you from having to like rerun that tool after you figure out what's going on. I definitely need that. (laughs) Can I mention a few other things that we're excited about? Yes, 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 absolutely. (laughs) So users will be able to add maps to reports. I know it sounds like an obvious one, but you haven't been able to include maps in reports before.
1: That's a good one.
0: You can save a web scene without changing the item ID. So this is something that we've had for web maps for, few releases, I think. Yep. So now we can do the same with web scenes. You can bring a web scene in, make changes and then just save it and, and you're good to go.
2: Oh, that's awesome.
0: And this was a big request from users wanting to create a spatial join without mm-hmm. creating a new feature class. And so you can do that now oh. kind of in a temporary way, just like yeah. you would with a table join. Yeah, and then true. when you're done, you can just remove the join and you haven't created a new, a new feature class. And the final thing, is a really nice accessibility improvement that we added, which is called color vision deficiency simulator. Oh wow! Yeah, when you're creating a map, you can basically simulate what your map will look like, what the colors will look like for somebody who has different levels of color blindness, different types of color blindness, and you can make sure that that your color scheme that you're using will still be discernible for a larger map audience. So that's something we're, we're really happy about.
1: I love that. I've worked in the the web accessibility side of things in in the past. So uh, there you go, Tar. I'm sold. I'm going Crow 3.0. Yep, done. I'm on board. People are going to be excited about that one.
2: I did want to mention one thing. So you said that we have a redesigned start page and that includes like a whole bunch of quick start tutorials and discovery parts. I love that because a couple of years ago, I went to Redlands. I was part of a One reboot camp, and we gave feedback about what would the ideal experience or user experience be for future states of ArcGIS Pro. So this mm-hmm. is fantastic to see that, yeah, a lot of the work that we put as just community users and distributors has been heard and you guys have implemented it. So yeah, another great example of, you know, just being part of the user community, being able to share your ideas, they really do look and listen. That's really great.
0: Yeah, well, I'm happy to hear that. And, you know, a lot of the things that we talked about, they came directly from user ideas on ArcGIS ideas. So, you know, in Pro 3.0, we're going to see 50 plus ideas directly from our users.
2: That's awesome. That's 50 individual items that have been either added or updated or changed. All right, Corey, can we summarize three items to be aware of and three reasons to upgrade to Pro 3.0?
0: Okay, so the quick tips, right? One, like you said at the very beginning, Ta, make sure that either you or your admin updates your machine to the .NET 6 desktop runtime, right? That's just going to make sure you don't hit any slowdowns when you are ready to install 3.0, I would say number two for our ArcMap users, make sure you check out the timeline on ArcMap Continued Support. We're going to provide a link to that. Again, we just want people to be aware of the support lifecycle on ArcMap. And three, for our pro users, check out the migration resources that we're going to provide. And then, again, the extensive what's new documentation, because it goes well beyond just ideas, and there's, there's a ton of new stuff in there.
1: Fantastic. So that's it, folks. Some short, sharp, and immediately usable features that'll help you make your desktop transition to Pro 3.0 an absolute breeze.
2: Ready City Pro 3.0. All righty, a huge shout out to Corey Kramer, ArcGIS Pro product manager and personal friend for his insights and advice. And to help you get started with these tips that we've given you, we've added all the resources that we've spoken about to our website, that's GISdirectionspodcast.com.au, including a link to the free Migrating to Pro onboarding program, as well as all of the Migrating to Pro 3.0 resources mentioned, plus all the information you'll need to get ready for ArcGIS Pro 3.0. If you do have ideas that you'd like to see implemented in future versions of ArcGIS Pro, please head over to the ideas.arcgis.com site, have a look and a browse and add some of your own. Let us know and we'll upvote as many as we
0: can.
1: I'm hitting the upvote button as I speak. (laughs) Corey, thanks for joining us today.
0: Oh, thank you guys so much. Really happy to join you. And uh, I look forward to seeing everybody in Pro 3.0.
1: Ready, steady, Pro 3.0 tar.
2: (laughs) Happy mapping. (laughs)
1: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Esri Australia.